welcome to episode 87 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and typically I would have Miguel here with me, but due to a family emergency, he is not here tonight. Instead, I have some guests on the show, uh, the guys from Pete's Basement. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good, man. Happy to pick up the slack. Seriously. <laughs> I'm happy to have you guys on. Uh, you know, we've been talking on Twitter for a long time, and you know we've been following each other and retweeting each other's posts and whatnot, and it's great to finally meet you guys face-to-face, so to speak. <laughs> Well, the audience can't see us, but actually we can see each other, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week has been kind of a hectic week for us, so we didn't actually get to pick up all the comics we normally read, but uh, I did get to read a few, and I want to run down my top three list real quick, just so everybody out there knows what they should be reading. Uh, my number one book for the week was Birthright Number 10 from Josh Williamson and Andrea Bresson. Uh, really good story this week. It's all about Mikey trying to battle against uh, the demon thing he has inside of him. Uh, his mm, little brother. Nevermind. Yeah, it's called the Nevermind. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that series. Yeah, me too. Josh Williamson is just killing it. Uh, well, for, actually, first of all, you guys should introduce yourselves. <laughs> Fair enough. You're right. <laughs> so I like it straight to the point. Though, I was like comics. Hell with these guys. They're just another voice. <laughs> uh, for anybody that doesn't know, I'm Pete. Uh, me and my buddy Ramon here have been doing Pete's Basement for eight years now, much to his chagrin. Yes, eight lovely years in a basement in Brooklyn. <laughs> We are from Brooklyn originally, uh, Greenpoint, and just kind of started, I don't know how, Rod, my buddy uh, and director Roger called, it, called me up one day and said, Pete, you want to do a podcast about comics? I'm like, yeah, what's a podcast? So he explained it to me, like this internet TV show thing, and there you go. the rest is history. We started doing this, and proof positive, if you put something on the internet, people will find it. And it's been a hell of a ride ever since. Yeah. yeah. It's been a lot of fun. And the best part is, like, you know, meeting guys like you, you get to talk to other people that are into the same stuff that you would never normally get to interact with. Yeah, that's definitely true. I love talking to other podcasters and doing other shows and finding out exactly what kind of comics everybody else is into. And it seems like every time we talk to somebody, I discover a new title I haven't checked out before. That's why my list keeps growing and growing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it gets monstrous after a while. You start losing track. I have several hundred books I have not read. Yeah. You yeah. read fast, though, yeah, so you're, you're better than I am. <laughs> well, we usually read somewhere between 25 and 45 books a week. We usually read <sighs> yeah. everything on Wednesday and then record Wednesday night, so it's it's a challenge. <laughs> wow. That's tough, man. Yeah. I thought we were bad for doing it on Thursdays. Yeah. But uh, we, we make it happen, uh, except this week. This week we didn't make it happen because all kinds of stuff was going on. Uh, those of you who don't know, my wife Heather was sick in the hospital with a staph infection in her leg. She's all better now, but uh, you know we're still dealing with stuff from that and the hospital bills and all that kind of craziness. And you know then stuff's been going on with Miguel, and now he's out of town uh, taking care of some family stuff. So it's been kind of chaotic. Didn't really even have time to go pick up my comics. The only reason I read anything is because Miguel got a few of his. So <laughs> at least I read some things. But uh, sometimes life gets in the way. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. But uh, like I was saying, Birthright number ten, uh, really good. He's fighting the Nevermind. His little brother helps him. Uh, you find out Mikey actually gave himself to King Lore and yeah. accepted the, the Nevermind on his own for some reason. We don't really know what that is yet, but uh, series yeah, they're really teasing us about that one. The series is really good. Uh, if you've never read Birthright, I, I highly recommend che- checking it out. Pick up the trade. I think you'll enjoy it. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I'll always pick up anything that's kind of fantasy, Dungeons and Dragons based. So as soon as I saw that, I'm like, yeah, I gotta, I've been on this series since day one. Have you been reading his other series, Nailbiter? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Forget about it. Yeah. Oh, it's like wonderfully sick. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's drawing to a close, though, only for the fact that I don't want it to drag out. I, I was expecting 
Image is usually good for six issue runs or something like that. And when it pa went past six, I'm like, all right, 12 issue maxi, and then we're done. And now here we are, I think issue 15 just came out. Yep. And we're only just meeting the new Butcher, who's like a giant black knight in armor. Yeah, it's, like whoever this it's fantastic. It's Josh, a sick series. Josh is really good about ending series when they're supposed to, though, I think. Uh, did you read Ghosted, his other series that just finished? I don't think I did. Did you? Ghosted, Ghosted. Oh, shit. Um, it sounds familiar. Either I'm reading it or I haven't caught up to it. Yeah, I think I just haven't caught up to it. Okay. Well, I'm surprised. Usually all any good. If you like his uh, other stuff, Nailbiter and Birthright, check it out. I, I promise you'll like it. It's really good. Is it supernatural based? Yeah, it's about a, a guy who can hunt ghosts and he gets hired by this billionaire who wants to capture a ghost so that he can summon oh, the yes. body. Oh, yeah, that okay, one, yeah, yes. Yeah, I read the first five issues of that. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's six, going first, on. First arc, okay. Like the second arc, he's like hiding away and he gets called over and he's being haunted by the ghosts. Of some, uh, it's crazy. Yes, I do yeah, remember it is. that. It's good shit. Yeah, he did it yeah. on issue 20 and it was just like the perfect place to end it. It ended so well. It was probably one of the best last issues of a series I've ever read, so... Uh, I really recommend it a lot, yeah. All right. Got some catch-up work to do. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on Next from that, uh, my number two for the week was Robinson of Batman number three. Are you guys reading that one? No. I haven't. I haven't read him yet. I read the first one. I thought it was okay. I really hate the kid. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> it gets better. Uh, I think the other kid is more annoying than, than Damien at this point because there's the two. There's like the Wraith and Robin working together at this point. I don't, oh. I don't know if you're on issue three yet or not, but... No. Okay, well, they team up, and they're doing stuff trying to complete Robin's Year of Blood storyline in between when he left Talia al Ghul and joined up with Batman. So there's all kinds of interesting things that happen, and uh, they, come, they come across some stuff that interferes with some of Deathstroke's plans, so he's going to be showing up in the next issue. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, as far as the books I read this week, it was one of the best. Wow, okay. We don't get a lot of Damien love here in the basement <laughs> I'd no. I, I was straight not, off of that title after we reviewed the first issue. Yeah, I was I was not a huge fan uh, of any of the stuff in Requiem or any of the, the stuff he was doing with Batman back in the day and Batman Incorporated. But uh, Miguel picked this one up, and I don't know, it gets better. Like, stick with mm. it. it. It does get better than the first issue. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, my pick of the week, which is what we do to highlight a book that maybe not everybody's going to check out as number one usually, is uh, Howard the Human, which I know you guys read as well. Yes. Yeah, I did. How did you guys feel about that one? I enjoyed it immensely. I'm glad it was a one shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of like that type of humor. Like I, I'm not a big fan of Deadpool for that reason. Just did that kind of humor. I appreciate the characters. I know they're great. Um, I like this book because the twist of it. He's a freaking human in an all animal world, and seeing like Kingpin and all these other characters and Black Cat and she's a cat, right? You know, <laughs> and vulture it, is a vulture. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, just, it's really cool. But I was just glad. It was like, okay, one and done. Because if they would have gone for four issues on this... Right, where could they keep going with this? It's obviously not going to be one of those pieces of Battle World that, you know, that survives afterward. So this this was good just to kind of have fun with. I enjoyed it. I, I actually was... Uh, the bartender, I thought, was... When I first saw uh -huh. the skull, I thought it was yeah. Frank, but... Oh, well. You kept on calling him Connor. I know. I had the same I, then I, I Oh, it's the... <laughs> Blasted lizard because yeah. he's a lizard, but the skull threw me. Yeah, the skull lizard. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, it's basically Howard the Duck just inverted. It's one human living in a world full of animals instead of one duck living in a world full of humans. Uh, the funniest part, though, I thought was the bacon and eggs talk. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. He wants bacon and eggs, but in this world, he obviously cannot have bacon and eggs because that would be 
Cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of funny jokes in there based on the bacon and eggs gimmick. So uh, check it out. It's it's a good one shot. Artwork was trippy too. Yeah, but it, it worked it fit well with very it. Very yeah. well. Uh, Scotty Young wrote it, but uh, I guess Jim Mafood did the art. I've never even heard of that guy. Is he, is he new? Not a clue. Yeah, must be. Would have been good to see Scotty Young do that though. Oh yeah. Uh. Missed opportunity. Yeah, he's doing a lot though. He's doing like two new series, like an indie book and. Uh, he's doing every cover. Yeah, he's <laughs> every variant cover for babies ever. Uh, I think I make it a point once a week to comment on this guy's Instagram, like, "Yo, when are we getting an art book?" Like, all right, ridiculousness. Now, let's go. Yeah, like I was always trying to get every cover that he put out because I liked them and they were cover price. You know, when the hell do you get awesome variants that are actually cover price and affordable? And then, like, all right, well, here's the twist. We're just going to put out nine hundred of them instead. Yeah. So, like, all right, I can't afford it again. <laughs> Yeah, I have quite the collection of Scotty Young variants. He's just, he's great. Yeah, he really is. You can't not buy it. If you don't smile at a Scotty Young cover, there's something wrong wrong with you. you. Deep down, disturbed wrong, like nail-biter wrong. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Actually, one of my friends is having him as a guest on his podcast this week. So uh, That's awesome. I'll I'll pass that along to him. I'll pass along the love. (laughs) Yes, please do. (laughs) Okay, so that's it for my my comics this week. Did you guys read anything that I didn't talk about that you want to highlight? Um, it was on our list, and I was like procrastinating to get into it. But you told me Miguel couldn't stand reading it, so I read it. <laughs> Secret Wars, Secret Love Number One yeah. is probably the crap of the week. <laughs> oh my god, this is so bad! It's it's a one shot. Thank God. I had this on the list just because it was a number one. Yeah, we always pick it. number ones out and let our fans know what's good and what's not. But this is just oh, it's a I'm, struggle. I'm trying to recall what was in it now and i'm like just stupid love stories with teen characters and shit so it was kind of like that ec style but not as not nearly as good it was just no it was just bad like those comics from the 50s that idw started putting out the reprints of not uh tales from the crypt or vault of horror or anything Uh, but the other no-name horror books in a compilation called haunted horror this is worse they, after Haunted Horror succeeded way better than anybody thought it would, probably because of me, uh, they came out with this other book called Weird Love, which was like all of these 1950s love story books that kind of jumped off of the Archie bandwagon and everything. And they're just like such misogynistic, like r- ridiculous stories of like women getting spanked by, it's like, it's just, it's, no, this is, it's, it's so 50s. This is the opposite of and that. It's, <laughs> that, that makes sense. This is just bad. It's just, it's, no, don't get it. Marvel should hang their head in shame for doing this <laughs> that shit. Bad, huh? It was bad. It was. It was just bad. Yeah. Just bad. It was. It was very. Do you have a highlight for the week? Because I, I certainly do. Oh, you know, yeah. All right. Are you on this title called Deathhead from Dark Horse? No, I haven't been picking that one up. Oh, I'm enjoying this immensely. It's only on issue two. Basically, this husband and wife go to, uh, I don't know, I think it was somewhere in South America or whatever, and they're on like a, you know, camping, safari kind of expedition. For whatever reason, they're alone because story. And they come across the, nah, it's got to be like the Midwest or some ridiculousness. Either way, they're, they come across this abandoned mining town that they're looking around and they're trying to find these things called Death's Head Moths, which if you look these things up on Google, have definitely come out of the bowels of hell itself. They're actual moths with skulls on the back. They're, this is a natural occurring thing in nature mm-hmm. because fuck you, that's why, I guess. I don't understand it. But 
uh, they're all congregated in this church. And when they walk into the church, they disturb the moths. They all fly at them and everything. And they fall into a trap door which has a crematorium underneath it and just myriad human remains and stuff. Somebody turns the crematorium on and they barely escape with their lives. This happens to be this dude who's wearing this weird mask. like uh, It's like a bird mask kind of thing, like one of those old school like Shakespearean operatic yeah. mask type things, but with a long beak. So the husband finds this mask and takes it home. And it's giving him all sorts of really weird visions of evil and horror and things. It's driving him nuts. Of course. Meanwhile, their son is getting picked on at school by these bullies and they throw him down a storm drain. And he encounters this little ghost girl who's talking about uh, the bad man in That's the right. sewer. I remember that. Who is some other, I don't know if it's the same spirit or it's a different kind of psychopath. I'm not sure what's happening, but it's bloody and it's creepy and it's scary as all hell. I'm always, Ramon will tell you, I'm always one for horror books and stuff like that which is why I got on Nailbiter in the first place. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big it's horror fan too. It's only on issue two. I'll have to check Definitely it out. That sounds really up. cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Definitely um, worth your time. Let me see this list a minute. My pick of the week was uh, Young Terrorists by Black Mask. Now, Black Mask is a very new company. They just started out and he got me hooked in these fucking bastards because <laughs> I already picked out 20 damn books. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, first of all, this shit's 80 pages. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a monthly ongoing, but the first issue, they decided, you know what, let's do 80 pages. And it's this crazy global conspiracy about one percenters, but also secret government shits. And then this, the leader of one of the three groups that control America sure. um, gets killed. And his daughter, who he I guess he's been secretly training her, gets captured and taken to like a remote prison because she's been accused of terrorism. In this prison, she's treated like shit fought, but instead of being like a preppy nerdy girl, she fights back, she shaves off half her head, and she just becomes crazy gun I remember seeing this in <clears throat> the previews of some other Black Mask books that I was reading. Yeah, the, yes. the cover is gorgeous. It's her strapped in dynamite with a zippo ready to light herself up. And she's covered in bandages, because she's like... They, she got beat up in yeah. prison and everything, when, I remember that. When she's not a terrorist, she's a cage fighter. Yes, oh, wow. I remember this. Yeah, and it's just... Crazy, and it's like if you're a conspiracy nut, awesome. If you love cage fighting, this is your book. If you love like you know fighting the man and all this shit, this is for you. They do talk about um, protecting animals and shit, which is not mm -hmm. the first time Black Mask has touched that topic. Right. That that was the last book that actually made me mad. I haven't really <laughs> uh, read too much. It, you know, it's funny when you have a protagonist in a story that you don't like because they just I don't like their principles, and they were these. Like crazy eco terrorists that were, after, that were terrorizing some hunters, mm -hmm. and you know in the beginning of the book these guys are just hunters. They're just out there killing animals for sport and food. And I'm not saying like you know don't go out and kill Cecil the lion or anything, but they're out there killing deer and they're eating them, which I don't have a problem with. Delicious. If you're using the animal, and I'm sorry, but Bambi's delicious. Yeah. This is what it is. I mean, you're from Texas. Yeah. I, <laughs> Barbecue. So I know I'm talking to the right one. <laughs> and it was like the, and the, you know, obviously by the end of the book, the hunters turn out to be these really horrendous human beings and deserving of every fate that happened to them. But like the first three issues, I'm like, I hate these broads. I hate them. I hope they die. But I got on Black Mask with uh, 12 Reasons to Die, which was uh, 
it was a Ghostface Killer and I think RZA and everybody from Wu Tang Clan had kind of collaborated on this. And it was actually a pretty cool story about this, you know, mafia hitman that came back to life to kill. Oh, okay, kill, yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, that was a cool story. Of Twelve that was Black Mask. Yeah, Black Mask. Oh. That was like their Virgin Go. That was a good version. And then there was uh, oh, I think it's up to issue three or four. By can now. never go home. Can, can never, never go, go home. home. Oh, yeah. that's good shit. I'm reading that one too. That's that one's good. really good. That one's yeah. Good. That one surprised me. We um have a question from a friend of ours from Brooklyn, a fan that moved down to Texas. Okay. And um he says Muhammad El Ghul. I know you guys are in Brooklyn, but considering you got viewers all over the place, I thought I'd reach out to you. I just moved down to Texas two months ago, and as you can imagine, everything is different. I know this shit can be disgusting to talk about, but for comic collectors, it can be important. I have discovered that because of the summer heat, little creatures can find their way into clean homes. Hell, we even have a bi-weekly pest control service. Thankfully, thankfully, we've had nothing so far, but everyone tells us that we will eventually see something. But we've heard stories about around here about silverfish, which eat books, and I've been warned that cardboard can attract roaches. Now, the only real cardboard boxes I have laying around are my long boxes. I know I'm being proactive, but I've been collecting for 25 years. I have read terrible reviews about the plastic long boxes that are out on the market. Do you guys or anyone you know have any recommendations? Does anyone make boxes out of strong plastic or rubber? Yeah, I've actually had that problem, too. When I lived in my first apartment, uh, we attracted so many roaches with all my comic boxes. And I was just using, like, the standard white long boxes. I was constantly finding them. Bugs are a real problem here in Texas. Like, you, you can't even fathom, like, what it's like in the summertime. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> they are everywhere. Wow. But you got you to gotta get a pest company. You got to spray all around your house. You got to spray inside your house. You got to lay out traps and just do everything you can to prevent them from coming in. But as far as the boxes, uh, there's a really good company that's actually based down here in Texas called Boxes in Action. And they make um, – I'll actually show you guys real quick. They only make short boxes right now, but uh, they're like these polyproline – boxes they're not really plastic but they're way better than the normal cardboard you yeah get. and they do these cool designs that are like related to comic book characters although without actually using you know the licensed properties like this one is born to avenge it's kind of a captain america one but uh-huh uh, they're they're a great solution i've actually converted all of my white long boxes to these now and they're like six or seven bucks a piece I think you can get them on their website they're great I ain't bad at all great company mm, thank you well, there you have it, Mohammed. I started using the ones, uh, I think it was BCW, the, the stackable boxes, yeah. but they're still just cardboard. So, I mean, I'm guilty of finding a carcass or two even when I open it up, and it always bugs the hell out of me. Uh-huh. I, I didn't even mean it like that. <laughs> uh, my only suggestion to Mohammed would have been, uh, I know some people tend to use filing cabinets, like metal filing cabinets, to kind of cut down on the cardboard. Yeah, yeah, and I've lay seen videos of how you can... Cut a, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. But I mean, God knows how expensive numerous filing cabinets could be and how much of a space saver it is not. 25 years worth of books? Yeah, really. <laughs> you probably have the best solution in a storage unit. Yeah. But then again, a storage unit in Texas might have the same problem. Yeah, they'd That's be true. Littered with bugs, it would be horrible. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. What best, was the name of those boxes again? Uh, the company's called Boxes in Action. Boxes in action. I'm going to write that down because if I don't, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. Yeah, they're pretty much available in most of the stores in Texas at this point, I think. But uh, they're trying to expand and go nationwide. They're a really good company. So. Okay. Cool. I like that. Plastic kind of coated boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Talk a little bit more mm-hmm. about you guys. I know you've uh, you've been doing this for eight years in your basement. Yep. 
what got you guys into comics? What you got you guys into this? And how did you guys meet? When did you become friends? Well, we met through Roger. Uh, Roger was pretty much the mutual friend to all of us. Ramon and he used to work together. And I've known Roger upwards of 20 years. We went to high school together. I said he called, called me up one time back in 07. Was, you want to do the podcast? Like, yeah, let's do it. And he brings in Ramon and this other guy, Adam, uh, to meet up with me and our other buddy, Steve, who so I was like, me and Steve knew each other from through Roger back in high school. Ramon and Adam knew each other from working with him. And it really kind of worked right yeah, off the top. Yeah. Like, we all got along real well. You know, we're all, like, weary of each other. Like, whoa, strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it, it really, the, the whole concept behind it was because... You know, you got older, we were out of school, we were out of college and everything, and you don't get to see your buddies that often anymore, except it was on like a birthday or something, everybody goes to the bar or whatever. And, you know, at that point, the nerds will section themselves off for a good hour or two of drunken comic book banter. And in that time, you know, maybe what do you get, a birthday from one of your buddies every other month or so. So you've got a lot to cover in that short span of time, trying not to be rude to every other guest in the bar. Yeah. So this thing just started every like just doing it every week and not you got your we got got our comic book fix yeah and that was an important part for me yeah like somebody to talk to finally like an adult but not an artsy foo foo comic book collector because sadly enough there's those crazy geeks you avoid because they start kind of spitting in your face talking about how Power Girl's bosom looks like and like ew okay dude come down. Chill then, out, there are real boobs out there. Yeah. Check them out. And then you have those extra artsy, like, this is awesome. It changes how everything is in this industry, and it's, like, so compelling. Those people that take this stuff way too seriously. I mean, yeah. So meeting with these guys was just, like, a good semblance of we're serious about comic books, but we're We set out to dicks. basically break the stereotype of the comic book nerd of the, you know— I've never seen a tit besides in a Playboy magazine or something. And Like, yes, we will go to the bar. We will hang out. We do have other hobbies. We just, like, superheroes Hell. is what it is. I think that's, Two of us are married. <laughs> I think that's kind of the, the trend with podcasters that do this nowadays anyways. I haven't listened to very many shows that are full of elitists or, you know, the, the super nerdy Simpsons comic book kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you hear it all the time. Like, you're just walking through a convention and... Something will just catch your ear, and you're just like, God <laughs> damn it. You are the reason we get a bad name. You. Yeah. Smelly guys at Comic-Con. Smelly guys at Comic-Con, yes. Oh, Jesus. What is the problem with using deodorant? I don't understand it. And if you, if you think your body is going to defeat the deodorant, carry it with you. I do, just in case. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a big guy. <laughs> Me too. I don't stink like these fuckers do. Yeah. Just some, some roll some on in the morning, you get the fuck out of your house. But I mean, there's some stories in the in the open air convention where it's like a big old hangar. You think there'd be some air circulating, you wouldn't think so much. Nope. No. No. Yeah. As for what got us into comics, uh, I was I'm the biggest '80s cartoon freak you'll ever meet. Oh my god. I he think is. like He Man messed me up in the head. When I was a kid, if you look to my right, there are swords lining the wall that I, everybody jokes were zombie apocalypse ready. Like, just <laughs> as soon as it happens, come here. I've always loved fantasy stuff like RPGs and things like that. Not, I never played D&D. Not that I have anything against it, but I just, 
I was always like a video game guy yeah. back in the day. But from, you know, Spider-Man and, and The Incredible Hulk on Saturday mornings, I jumped into comic books in about fourth or fifth grade, started reading Spidey around the Eric Larson era and the Jim Lee X-Men era, and it just landslided from there. And something about it, like, I'm a big Silver Age collector, and when I can afford it, I'll, I'll buy a Golden Age book too. And it, there's just something about that, like, American art form that has lasted for longer than most of these you know, artistic periods that people will talk about in an art history class. Mm-hmm. Like, when was the last time you heard somebody say Rococo and not talk about, you know, Hershey's syrup and the chocolate milk or something like that? Mm-hmm. That was a brilliant joke, okay, dude? <laughs> it really <laughs> was. See, see, he went to college of art, you know what I'm saying? I got hooked with, um, with Christopher Reeve, uh, The Incredible Hulk. Those shows just, as a kid, my brother, like, force-fed it to me because he was older. He had control of the TV because <laughs> that's the way it goes. I'm older. I will fuck you up. Give me the remote. So I just saw these things and in the morning cartoons and it's just one day I'm, my grandma gave me some money and went to the, the local store or something and just picked up a detective comic books and the rest is a lot of money later and I'm here. <laughs> I think we all what about you, man? What got you in? Uh, actually, I think my very first comic books came off of the, one of those spinner racks at like KB Toys, where it was just a collection of yes. junk. It was like a dollar for a four pack of like Magnus Robot Fighters and just yes, yes. comics. Yeah. Uh, but the first thing I remember reading that really like made me fall in love with comics was X Force, like the nineties. Mm. Really? Yeah. I mean, like okay, right around the end of New Mutants and the beginning of X Force. That's when I really got hardcore into it, and I was begging my mom to take me to the shop so I could buy stuff, and I got super into Marvel. And, uh, yeah, I mean, ever since then, I'm right there with you. A lot of money later, and uh, here we are. <laughs> so we all jumped on the bandwagon right around the, the same, same time. time yeah, yeah. mine was X-Men number one. Jim Lee and Claremont. Yeah. Those two bastards could do no wrong <laughs> at that point. I was just hooked. Amazing Spider-Man 341. Scorpion and Black Cat on the cover. Remember it like it was yesterday. Yes, you do. Yeah. He has his sick memory. I don't understand it. Ask me what I had so for lunch two days ago. I have no idea. But <laughs> you want a quote from a Spider-Man or a Looney Tunes cartoon, I'm right there with you. I think it's great that you're a big He-Man fan. We're actually really big He-Man fans on the show too. Uh, we have, Miguel's not here, but he does a great Merman voice. You should go back. Oh, that's listen, great. You should go back and listen to some of our older episodes. We've actually done duets with him singing as Merman and me singing as Beastman as like the intros <laughs> of the show. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, Did you see the sideshow statue that they're coming out with? Yes, it looks amazing. Oh my god, I missed the pre-sale on that. So now I'm gonna have to fork over like another two hundred bucks to get the. Full-priced one on eBay or something, but it's just so pretty. What's his name? Christopher Yost is working on the screenplay. Um, screen- oh, yeah, the He-Man screenplay, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hoping. not holding my breath, man. I've learned. People were asking me. Uh, I just got back from my buddy's bachelor party over the weekend, and yeah, you know, everybody knows me. I'm the, you know, the comic book nerd, so everybody directs their questions at me. And everybody's like, yo, when's the He-Man movie coming? I was like, I have no idea, man. <laughs> Just keep your fingers crossed is the best I can tell you. Yeah, I'm surprised. There's something studios have just been dragging their feet on. He-Man, Voltron. Voltron needs to get done. But we're, getting a, we're getting a Gem in the Holograms movie this year. Oh, I'm yeah. thrilled. I'm so know, thrilled. Like, everybody's what? so happy to go off and appease little girls. But it's not even like... But it's the boys that spend the most of the money because we're stupid and crazy. No, but not for nothing. I mean... My best friend, Michelle, used to she would live across the street, so I was subjected to girl cartoons as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched My Little Pony. I watched Rainbow Bright. Uh, and yeah. Screw anybody that judges me. I don't Strawberry care. Yeah, I've been there. Right. Jem mm-hmm. was so hot. So ridiculously she was, hot. But you see what they're doing in the movie? What has happened to the movie? Who is this broad? 
She is not Jem, I'm sorry. What did they do to her face? It was a little star. A little star on her eye. Now she's glamorous. She's got straight up like, she looks like the dude with the red neck from the Cheech and Chong movie. Remember when he was like, I wasn't looking at his neck, man. I wasn't looking at his neck. <laughs> like, that, like that guy met, met Kiss, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm hoping Dolph Lundgren has a cameo. Oh, he'd have to. What? He'd have to. Oh, and he meant you. Yeah. I thought you meant Gem and the Holograms. I'm like, I'm not putting the connection together. <laughs> no. I wouldn't mind seeing him a spear kicker, but whatever. Yeah. Well, let's move on to a segment we have every single episode called Tell Me a Funny Story, where one of us usually tells a funny story, and then we have our guest tell one as well. So uh, this is kind of something that happened to me about a month ago. Uh, I was on my way to work, and I stopped at the gas station to fill up my car, and... I walked inside, bought a drink, paid the guy, walked back out. And as I'm coming back out, there's a car parked at the pump across from me. It's not right next to me, but across from me. And there's this girl standing outside of it. And she's mildly attractive. And she's wearing this, like, hoochie mama outfit, though. And, you know, she was, she was a white girl, but she was dressed up in a real, like, crop top and real low-cut shorts. And I was just kind of like, doesn't look right. Something's off about this. But I walked to my car, started pumping my gas, and this girl walks over to me. And I'm thinking, oh, no, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so this girl walks over and she's like, hi, I'm uh, I can't remember what her name was, but she says, I'm Michelle, whatever. She goes, what's your name? And I said, uh, I'm Justin, do you need something? And she was like, oh, um, well, I just saw you walk out of there and, and you were looking kind of anxious. Are you, are you anxious? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. She goes, well. In case you're anxious, I just wanted to tell you about our Lord Jesus Christ. And she pulls out this uh, <laughs> she pulls out this Jehovah's Witness like anxiety pamphlet and hands it to me. And I was just like, this is like the biggest uh, got me ever. Like I could not have expected that that's what this girl was going to say next. But there it was. <laughs> that's, the, that, that's the lore, the little crop top and everything. That's fantastic. <laughs> I might actually consider going to church if more women dress like that. Oh, I know of some churches. <laughs> so that's my funny story uh, most recent thing that's happened to me what about you guys you got uh, one lined up for us I, I do have one actually I had to rack my brain when I when you first told us about this segment because I'm like alright I got a million and one funny stories but now that I'm being put on the spot what do I have <laughs> try so, doing it every week <laughs> I'm just like alright I have to go all the way back this isn't even a one time we were so drunk that story this is going back to when we were about 14, 15 years old, and got a couple of buddies hanging out at my house. You know, my folks are out having a video game party and whatnot. We think we're cool as shit. So what do guys do when they're together? We terrorize each other. Like, who's not looking and you get, like, you put salt in your hair or something ridiculous like that, or you get a glue trap in the face or something like that. You've never had a glue trap fight? Don't give me that look. No, no, oh my God. Well, all right. Well, now you know, glue trap fights. But that's not even it. So my boy Chris, who has been just one of the major terrorists in my life, lives down the block still. I, I, he winds up emptying the salt shaker in my hair. So I have to go to the bathroom and wash the shit out. Oh. And he and my buddy Matthew are sitting there like, all right, what can we do to Pete while he's in the bathroom? What do we scare him when he comes out? Do we 
Do we throw water in his face? What can we do? And I have a linoleum floor right in front of the kitchen where the, and the bathroom door is down the hall. And Chris, in all seriousness, looks at Matthew and he says, butter the floor. <laughs> so they take the entire tub of butter and outline the area in front of the bathroom door with it. So I come out of the bathroom and I wish I had my slide whistle for this. My foot hits that foot, boom, whoop, right on my ass. Butter the floor. They were trying to cook you. So next time anybody needs a good prank to do to somebody, butter the floor. That actually reminds me of another story. Uh, when I was a kid, whenever my parents, I have two sisters, two younger sisters. Whenever my parents would go on a date or something and leave us at home, uh, we were all big fans of Double Dare. So we would try to create these like <laughs> obstacle courses in the house and do all kinds of crazy yes. shit to each other. And we did that too. Uh, I, I took a can of uh, Pam, that like cooking spray, mm -hmm. and I sprayed <laughs> the entire floor. And my sisters had to try to go across it. But I, I didn't think about how hard it was going to be to clean that shit up. So when my, <laughs> when my parents came home, they took off their shoes in the laundry room and like walked <laughs> onto the tile. And they were both slipping and sliding. Like <laughs> They were so pissed. I got in so much trouble. But yeah, that was, that was pretty funny too. <laughs> Hell, I've missed the I've missed the frying pan with the pan, and like a little bit of that stuff hits the floor. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like grease lightning. <laughs> That's great. You have one for us, Ramon? No, no, I don't. <laughs> do you want Do you want me to go one more? I mean, speaking of stories where I went on my ass, go for it. I'm on my very first date with uh, this girl I was seeing. I think I was about 24 at the time, and it is her brother's 15th birthday. So we all go bowling. It's myself, her, her sister, her brother, and both of her parents. I haven't been bowling in I don't know how long. I'm the first one up. Somehow they let me go first. I take the ball. I go down the lane. I make what, like, a, I think I got a toe over the line of the newly waxed alley. Whoop, boom, right on my ass. The ball goes down the alley. I look up, <laughs> strike. Thank God. Because if I didn't get that strike, I, was go I had to go home. I'm walking back. I'm holding my ass because, damn it, it landed right on it. And they're all, they're all just amazed. They don't know whether to laugh or just stare in shock at me. And I look, and there's this like little 15, 16-year-old Puerto Rican girl to the right of me. Like, and I look at her, and she's just... <clears throat> like stifling. I was like, go for it, sweetheart, because if it was you, I'd be laughing. Just roll with it. <laughs> Tell them a first impression to make on your girl's family. Just klutz incorporated. Don't judge me. You're just always on your ass. I, I am not a slut. <laughs> <laughs> it's his bowling style, man. That's, that's how he learned how to do it, right? Damn right. <laughs> every, every shot, I just had to do it re repeat the same way. Keep it going. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, those those are both pretty funny. I do my best. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's move on then to uh, this week's comics, movie, and TV news. Uh, like we talked about earlier, there's not a ton. There were a few things um, in comics. Marvel announced that they're going to be introducing a new character in Mockingbird Shield 50th Anniversary issue number one, called the Red Widow. Uh, only mentioning that because it's been a trend whenever a new female character gets introduced by Marvel. Uh, usually, that book skyrockets. Lately, mm -hmm. so yeah. this might be a book for people to go out and pick up in case they want to speculate 
you know, I don't know what the Red Widow is going to be. I don't know if she's going to be the next Spider-Gwen or if she's just going to be a bust, but whatever. Go pick it up. Uh, for movies? You think it'll be Spider-Gwen or you think it's going to be an all-new character? Oh, it's all-new for what I said. Oh, it's all-new? Yeah, yeah it's, it's an all-new character, but I mean, <laughs> I'm talking Spider-Gwen in regards to, like, value of the book. Oh, yeah, that that thing just went up ridiculously for no good reason It was reason ridiculous, yeah. I'm just trying to, because I'm sure they're going to have a place for Spider-Gwen in the post-Secret Wars Marvel Universe. I just, uh, Spider-Gwen is a name that kind of needs to go, especially if you're concerned about the whole secret identity just thing. Just a bit. Yeah. So, Red Widow is actually a pretty cool name if they wanted to give that to her. Just speculating. Go on. <laughs> uh, so moving on to movies. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've actually done Comical. Last week we had some guest hosts on, and we did a different show. Uh, it's actually Pillow Talk on the BS Excluded Network if you want to go check that out. It's pretty funny. Um, so I saw Fantastic Four. Did you guys watch it? I saw it. I have not yet. How did you feel about it? Um, I was playing a video game and watching it because I, I didn't want to give it my full attention. And it reminded me of um, a, a, a movie from the Sci-Fi Network. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I've been describing it to people as well. Uh, I felt like the first half of the movie was about as good as a made-for-TV sci-fi movie. But then the moment yeah. the moment Doctor Doom shows up, it just plummets. It becomes like the worst mm-hmm. piece of trash I've ever seen. Like, it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is. I had really low expectations for it going in, and it met them. So <laughs> <laughs> I had low expectations. Then I read some reviews. Some fans said, you should watch it, one, as a comic book art fan, and two, also just, just judge it based solely on a movie. It's just a movie. It, it's still crap. And um, on Facebook, one of our fans was talking about it. He was defending it. And I was like, yeah, but everybody says it's shit. But that just shows you haven't watched it. Watch it and criticize it. And I'm like, he has a, he has a point. I haven't watched it. Let me judge it myself. Even though everybody who criticizes it, I fucking trust. Fine. Oh, my God. I'm not going back on Facebook to start a conversation about this shit because it's not worth my time. But... It's bad. Yeah, the worse the reviews get, the more I want to see this. <laughs> it's that, it's the first half of the movie's not horrible. Like it's it's interesting the changes they made, but I mean it it's really it's not great either. It's it's like I said a sci-fi channel movie. Uh, but I mean, you you cannot believe the things they did wrong with Doctor Doom. Oh, just by looking at him I can probably believe it. I mean, Doom was always one of my favorite characters, and I'm, I'm like, no, what is this? Yeah, I mean, he obviously has a thing for Sue Storm, and she doesn't give a fuck about I think she might be a lesbian on the fucking movie. I have to challenge you guys. Can like you say one thing positive about it at all? It ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, ah, uh, no, no. Oh, my God. Wait till you see Johnny Storm go flame on. It looks so bad. Yeah. Like, like, you saw Pixar on um, Jack-Jack? When he goes all fiery, sure, yeah. that looked better. Ooh. <laughs> That's harsh. It, it's it's a harsh movie. And, oh, uh, it's just how they got their powers. <sighs> Look, you could do the 1960 fucking version of this Bound book, put it into vi- in film, and it'll be fine. It'll still stand. People are still going into fucking space. We're talking about going to Mars. So send these four bastards into space and give them their cosmic rays. You don't have to do this interdimensional shit. Ugh. I'm trying to think if there's anything I really liked about it, but I, I can't think of a single thing. Oh, I can't wait to watch it now. <laughs> I always go into these movies with kind of low expectations. And like you said, I figure at that point I can't possibly be disappointed 
because I would just okay. There's always going to be something good about it, but listening be. to you guys and reading all those reviews, I, I don't think I'm going to find one. Fox put 120 million plus into this movie, and this is the shit they gave us. And then they're pointing fingers at each other. That was the best part. I loved reading all the drama and stuff going on afterward, all the, of the bickering and everything. The best and thing about it is Deadpool. that there's not going to be a second one. Instead, there's going to be a Deadpool too. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, of all things, like you know, Fox gets a lot of shit for messing up movies, but just from the trailer alone, Deadpool looks so on point that like, everything about this movie looks fantastic. And you being a, a huge Deadpool fan, like how excited are you? I'm, I can't wait, man. I read the script when it was leaked uh, like a year and a half ago, and I know it's changed some, but uh, the script's really good. And you know, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds is a big fan of Deadpool himself, and he's been really passionate about it and trying to push him to make the character the way it should be. And uh, I have a lot of faith in it. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to live up to my expectations. I'm going to be real disappointed if it's another Wolverine Origins. <laughs> I wish he was a fan of um, Green Lantern. <laughs> Cause that movie was just like I can't forgive Ben Affleck for Daredevil. I can't forgive um, Reynolds for you know Green Lantern. But I'm giving Deadpool a shot because it does look fucking funny. Yeah. And I, like I said before, I'm not a big fan of that Deadpool comic book, but yeah. I'm te- I keep telling you you need to read Deadpool Team Up. It's probably the funniest book I think I've ever read, besides like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Do you ever read those mm-hmm. Deadpool Team Ups? Oh yeah, I've got I've got everything some of my favorite Deadpool. ones. Team Up's really good. Um, probably my favorite miniseries is the uh, the second Deadpool core. Not not the prelude, mm-hmm. but the original one. Deadpool Kills Marvel Universe is pretty good too, but that's all about him fighting Taskmaster. Yeah, yeah. Those and that just kept on on on. Which one am I thinking of? Uh, yeah, no, that was the one. Was it when from Kills the Marvel Universe to Killustrator Kills to Kill Deadpool? Yeah, Deadpool. Killustrator was really cool. Yeah, I like Killustrator a I lot like too. That one. Colin Bunn's been doing a really good job with the character. In general, mm. I've liked all the miniseries he's done. Then it was Deadpool kills Deadpool. I don't remember what came after that. Uh, Night of the Night more. of Living Deadpool, Return Night of the Living Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, it's been going on for a while now. <laughs> okay, so Jeez. moving on to the next piece of news, D twenty three Expo was last weekend, and mm-hmm. they showed some stuff from Doctor Strange. We got to see some concept art, and uh, Benedict mm-hmm. Cumberbatch came out and said some things about the movie. He said that uh, it's all about girls, guns, explosions, cars, and interdimensional travel, which it's a pretty good summary. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I heard they showed like mm. one second of actual movie footage and the crowd like lost their minds. I, I haven't seen any of like the sneak peek video or whatever anybody took, but uh, mm. it it sounds, the descriptions I read sound really cool. So I'm a Doctor Strange fan. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one as well. I don't think there's a way Marvel could do something wrong with that. I, as long as it's a visually stunning movie... I think that that movie's going to surprise a lot of people. I, I don't know. He's just such a, an amazing character to begin with that there's so much room to work with. And the fact that they're probably going to introduce one of the other remaining Infinity Stones in this movie, yeah. that this is going to be a very heavy movie as yeah. far as the rest of the MCU goes. Just the cast alone is just crazy. And yeah. It's just awesome. You know, since we're on Doctor Strange in the first place... Uh, I, we have one other question from uh, one of our fans, this guy Matt, who asked, who do you think would win in a fight, uh, Dumbledore or Doctor Strange? I thought that was pretty funny. I actually have an answer. All right. Dumbledore. Really? Why? Well, he's been um, a wizard longer. All right. He's mastered his shit more. He's fought a lot of serious fuckers. I mean, sure, he never fought Dark Lord from a different dimension, but... He fought a Dark Lord or two. 
No, no, not like you can't compare Voldemort and Mephisto. Dormammu. Yeah, or Dormammu. So it's, but I don't know. Dumbledore's just—he's just badass. Well, Doctor Strange, he's always had this cockiness, but he doesn't really back it up. It's always, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I personally think Doctor Strange would win, but that's me. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> you know, he's he's had a lot more exposure to things in the multiverse than uh, Dumbledore would have. Dumbledore's only really lived in that one world and seen what exists in that world, whereas Strange has seen a lot more things and experienced a lot more things and may have access yeah. to way more abilities than Dumbledore has. Uh, plus, his powers aren't really reliant on having a wand. Oh, no, he doesn't have to use a wand. That Dumb- one, I, I do remember. Dumbledore has used, like, like wordless... Yeah, he can yeah. kind of mm-hmm. twiddle his fingers but, and everything. No, but he's... He, the more experienced wizards <clears throat> don't need the wand. Yeah, but he's right about the multiverse. He just gives Strange a hell of a I, I think it would be a hell of a fight, but I think I want to give it to Doctor Strange, too. And I think I actually like Dumbledore more, but I, I still have to give it to Doctor Strange. It's an interesting, uh, debatable topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, we, when I saw that question, I'm like, "Ooh, that's a good one." I, you know, you always get the who would win in a fight, but this was this is an original one. I say Doom comes in and fucks them both up. Not the Doom from the. I movie. would love. To. Not from that movie. No. Not from the movie. <laughs> oh no, not from that one. No. He has this weird power set, dude, and I saw like people exploding on the walls or something <clears throat> like that. I yeah. don't know. I can't. It was like telekinesis head exploding. He was just waving yeah. his hands and people's heads were mm-hmm. like popping off. <laughs> uh, ridiculousness. Yeah. It's bad. That's bad. <laughs> just just found out today that um, ABC and Marvel um, greenlighted a pilot for uh, Marvel's Most Wanted with um, Adrian Palinky. 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 Yeah. And what's her boyfriend, her love interest in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Nick Blood, whatever his name is? The British yeah. guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so. They had originally. A new show for Marvel. Yeah, they had originally planned on doing that back in April, but they canceled it and then brought it back somehow. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, uh, that was what we thought was going to be the second show, and then it turned out to be Secret Warriors. And now it's, like, this is apparently their third one now. Yeah. Agent Carter's already going for season two. Do you think there's such a thing as too much? Uh, I, mean, I saw the Lucifer pilot. I saw the pilot for Supergirl. So we have two more shows coming. I saw both We have Carter two. coming. Yeah. I thought Lucifer was was fun. I liked it. I didn't see that one. I was actually oh. surprised by Supergirl too. the The trailer makes it look very much like it's going to be like Gilmore Girls with powers. <laughs> like it's very all yeah, about huh? drama and and oh my god, nobody loves me kind of nonsense. But uh, when you actually watch it, almost every scene with her being overly dramatic that they showed in the trailer is in that first episode. So I don't think the whole season's going to be that way. There's a lot more like yeah, fighting and action that. than uh, you expect there to be. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. And she's cute as shit, too. She is cute. Oh, forget it. I don't think that there's going to be too much of it. I think it's going to... Because... Hear me out on this one. As comic book fans, when we're seeing all these movies and TV shows and everything coming out, you kind of have that mindset that, oh, my God, I have to watch each and every one of them before they're all gone. Because, obviously, this cannot last forever. And that may or may not be true, but with there being more of an abundance of TV shows geared toward... You know, different audiences. I think we're actually going to be able to get to pick and choose. But no, nah, I don't feel like watching that. It's not my cup of tea. You know, I, I don't know if I'll watch Supergirl. I'm, I'll probably check it out, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to remain as faithful to that as I would say Flash or, you know, Arrow to me fell off, but I still watched it. 
or uh, what's the other one? Heroes of Tomorrow, Legends of Tomorrow. I can never Legends remember. Legends of Tomorrow. I can never remember the blasted title. And you never gave iZombie a chance. I did not watch iZombie at that all. That was good. That had a female lead, and that was mm-hmm. that, I love that show. I didn't watch Constantine. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Neither did anybody else. You don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, speaking of that, Constantine, that's true. Constantine's I had the a... desire to, but I mean. I like to go out on Fridays, have a beer or a glass of whiskey or something. You DVR, you could skip all the damn commercials. I know, DVR, I forgot. What do you want me to tell you? Constantine's going to be on Arrow. Constantine is going to be on Arrow. Now I'll probably go back and catch up. Good luck with that. I know. How's Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones is not getting watched. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Still another sh- I'm real sorry I slept on that one. I hate myself for it every more and more every day. You should. It's in that show. I know. Good one, still. Yeah. Sally, no, there's penis too. Yeah. It was penis and Spartacus. That's true, there was. There was a lot. Did you watch that one? Spartacus? Oh, yeah. I love Spartacus. Yeah. Spartacus is great. Speaking of which, Lucy Lawless. Oh, yeah, Xena? Xena, and also um, October 31st, Halloween, Ash versus Evil Dead. Right. right. What is she? She's in it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you watch Sense8? No, I heard good things about this, watch though. Sense8? No. Uh, one of my coworkers was telling me about this one. What is this about? Uh, it's uh, written by J. Michael Straczynski and uh, the Wachowski siblings. Um, wow. It's about these eight people that uh, are connected. There's this telepath who is part of this uh, cluster of other telepaths, and she's like the last one of the group, and this organization's hunting her, and they kill her. And as a last-ditch effort, she sends out her, her mind and awakens these other eight people. So these eight people are connected all across the world, and they all have different abilities, and they draw from each other to get out of situations they're in. Like one of them's a, a jujitsu fighter, one of them is a really skilled racing driver, one of them works for the mob, one of them's a cop, one of them is a blogger and like knows all kinds of hacking stuff. And so like they'll get in these situations where they're trying to unite and meet each other because uh, they start seeing each other, but mm-hmm. they feed off of each other's abilities. Like usually the one that gets used the most is the the fighter because that's the most useful sure. ability. But uh, it's so the abilities can like transfer between them, right? They can when, take, they can take over each other's bodies and, and basically fight that's for them. Cool. So, little like the, the Asian girl, the one who fights, she'll just wake up and she'll be inside of somebody else's body when they're in a situation where it's like there's nine guys in a room and she has to take them all out. Uh, I hate when it happens. The other weird thing <laughs> is that whenever anybody is uh, intimate with somebody else, like whenever they're getting it on, all eight of them sort of experience that at the same time. So, some of the love scenes are like eight people like writhing together, and it's really. You know, you see a lot of dong. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, it's... This is, what is this? What channel is this on? It's a Netflix, Netflix show. I think. Yeah, right? it's a Netflix, Netflix show. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's really good. My wife's going to hate me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had heard about this one. I just I haven't gotten around to it yet. Just put it on the list. Yeah. It's funny you guys have seen Spartacus. I, I, it's really hard for me to find people that like that show or have watched really? that show even. Yeah, I, oh, I know. Tons seen. of people that like it. I loved it. I mean, I had everything I wanted from a series, from blood and guts to, like, gladiator slash <clears throat> Troy-style fight scenes and stuff like that. It was, And, I mean, the, just the, the blood, was everything was cheesy about it. I loved it. My yeah. former co-worker, who's, like, twice my age. He, no, not twice, but he's, like, 50-something. And he's just an, an old Jew that's just, like, a father of two and all this other shit. He used to come watching, and he you knows, like, Jupiter's cock, Ramon. Did you see his episode? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, I saw it. It's just weird. It, yeah, he got into it, and my parents started watching it. Man, like I would go over there on Sunday, and my mother'd be like, "Did you see the last episode of Spartacus?" She doesn't talk like that, but that's how she sounds in my head. <laughs> and I'm like, 
actually, I didn't. She's like, you want to watch it now? I'm like, absolutely not. Not with you guys here. Yeah, not watching an orgy scene. So oh, weird. No. Yeah, that's that's rough. I don't know if you guys watch this on your own. Christ. No. <laughs> I should have saved that for the funny story. That is yeah, a freebie. Uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's it for movie news. Uh, oh, actually, one more thing. Uh, Zach Galifianakis is in talks to play the Joker in the Lego Batman movie. That's good. I like it's that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Man. yeah, I love Lego. There's a, uh, I got to watch Lego Justice League. They just recently was released. Also, it's, it's just there's a lot of ju- good Lego shit coming out there. I love the games. Did you guys see that little uh, clip? It was like, I don't know, 10 seconds long of Mark Hamill and uh, I don't know if it was Margot Robbie sitting on his lap. No, that was Tara. That was, uh, who was that? Uh, Tara Strong, the one who actually does a voice. Oh, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. She was in some teen movie she was hot in. I don't remember what it was, but okay, yeah, and he, he, did, the, he did the Joker voice. I caught it on, I think, Instagram mm-hmm. or something. Pretty cool. Like, quick, like a little 10-second thing. Yeah. Hmm. He can't do no wrong. No, he cannot. You, you like the way Disney shut down our, our pictures? We posted pictures of uh, uh, Mark Hamill in Star Wars, all bearded, looking like Obi-Wan. That shit did not last. Disney's listening to this right now. They're yeah, they coming are. to the basement thanks to you. <laughs> Go ahead. We got plenty of stories. <laughs> Disney's probably got freeze rays. They have Walt Disney frozen. Why can't they get us? Oh, God. Leave the man alone. Same. Cool. Well, I, I, I think that's it for news. Um, I, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, it's a blast, man. Thanks for having us. I know you guys are doing a giveaway. Why don't you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, we are fortunate enough to have two three-day passes to New York Comic Con that we're going to start giving away next week. Uh, basically, we, this is about our third year giving away Comic Con passes. Uh, this time, we're going to do stuff a little bit different. We're going to have a comic book podcast scavenger hunt where we have a few podcasts involved, and basically, you're going to listen to each of the podcasts and get the trivia question, and then go on PeachBasement.com and fill in your answer, and then. After uh, usually about three weeks or so, give or take, right before Comic-Con, we'll have a drawing through Rafflecopter, which is this website we use that is, it really just makes the drawing very fair, it just lets the algorithm do it for us without us having to put names into a hat and, you know, who's to say like, oh, there's only one set of names in the whole hat (laughs) because nobody's actually watching you write all the names and everything and less of a pain in the ass for us because we don't actually have to write all the names down too. Yeah, man, we're, we're real excited about it, uh, looking forward to it, and looking forward to teaming up with yours and other podcasts that wanted to get involved in this. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it does. It's a very cool idea. And uh, we'll definitely be pointing our listeners to you to uh, try to go. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And that, uh, that's pretty much it for this week. So I uh, just want to remind everybody to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comicalpodcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at comicalpodcast. To find Pete's Basement, you can find them at... Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Pete's Basement, uh, at Pete's Basement on Instagram and Twitter, and PeachBasement.com, of course. And you guys can also tune in to hear Justin on this week's Pete's Basement show as well. Uh, That'll be be, out on Tuesday. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Uh, So that's it, guys. Uh, You guys want to close this out? Sure. Keep on laughing, bitches.